Welcome everyone to the Directed IRA podcast with Matt Sorensen and Mark Kohler, your favorite tax lawyers coming to you to talk about taking control of your retirement with a self-directed IRA. Wow. I think that's a new introduction. Yours <laughs> to say your favorite tax lawyers. I don't think many people have favorite tax lawyers anyway. So I, we might be okay. Yeah. Say- well, that's why I thought we were safe. You know, I thought we were safe taking that title. <laughs> favorite person, you know, favorite cook. Yeah, I think 99% of Americans don't even know a tax lawyer. So we may be exactly. That's why we can be still be favorite. If they only know one, then check the box. I mean, we could be your, uh, the one you don't like the most. I don't know. You know, let's, we just are what we are. But yeah. <laughs> so today's show though. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to see right away. We try to keep this topic light, but we try to power pack it with very, very important and accurate information. If you're interested in self-directing your IRA, your 401k, SEP, Simple, Roth IRA, uh, Coverdell, HSA, any and all of the above, self-directing is the most powerful way to get the greatest rates of return in your retirement accounts. And we're gonna break it down as we have been doing every week. We have over a million listens on our sister show, the Main Street Business Podcast, and we've started the Directed IRA Podcast this year to help keep up with the demand of questions on this topic. And Matt, today, this is it. Yeah, it's Q and A. This is this is our first time doing it, but this is the time to get your questions answered on self-directed retirement account topics exclusively here on the Directed IRA Podcast. So, um, for future reference, you can always go to directedira.com submit a question or just actually go to directedira.com slash podcast and you will see the submit a question button. You can actually record a question if you want and we may place them on the air. Uh, you can type them out uh, as some have done and we'll read some of those. We also got some people who still email us the old fashioned way. Don't love it, but we still got some good ones there <laughs> and uh, some comments on social media on questions too. So we're just going to hit your questions. This is time to just get them answered and also hear what other people are thinking and what issues they're facing. Um, as they think about self-directing their IRA or they're doing their first deal, or we even got some experienced people questions here too. They get a little deep. I love it. Yes. And the title of the show would be the open forum directed IRA podcast. And as you hopefully hit like and subscribe, you will get alerts whenever we record this. It's also recorded on YouTube. So we try to make it even more engaging. If you want to see our mugs on the camera uh, we'd love to have you go through YouTube as well, but this open forum show is something we've been doing for years at the main street business podcast. And we'll be doing now about every three weeks. So send in your questions. If we don't get them to, to them immediately, that's why you would want to catch the open forum show. Ironically, it is one of the most listened to of all of our podcasts on a regular basis. Cause it's kind of fun for people to go, Oh my gosh, this person in Duluth, Minnesota or Miami or Seattle had that question. I've never thought of that. And so it's really uh, collaborative, I think, to hear whatever people are doing and asking. So, mm-hmm. hey, Matt, you want to do our first question? I love it. Let's hit the person who went to the website that did it the right way. Okay. You got to go first. This is Dave. He says, in a checkbook IRA, is the LLC that is created only good for use within the IRA? It can't question, it can't be used for real estate outside the IRA, real estate outside the IRA. Wow. Lots to talk about. We want to catch up IRA is first. 
you want to catch up on what a checkbook IRA? What's a checkbook IRA? Is that oh, sorry, I thought you said catch up. Like, <laughs> is in the but <laughs> it's in the condiment. Okay, yeah, uh, that's a different category. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. So yeah, the checkbook. I might have said catch up. This is the beauty. For any of you listening, you can go back and see what the heck I said. If I said ketchup, oh my gosh, I'm okay. a moron. No. Uh, the uh, it is lunchtime though, in my defense. So uh, maybe <laughs> I got to satisfy that ketchup craving. Okay, checkbook IRA. In a checkbook IRA, this is basically where you have your IRA own an LLC 100%. We did a show on this, an entire podcast. If you're like, guys, I don't know what you're talking about. Go back and listen to that one. Um, but that LLC is going to be used exclusively for deals the IRA owns. You cannot use that LLC for your personal real estate deals or put in some personal cash in that same LLC later on and go buy a property. Okay, this LLC is sacred retirement account money. It's the retirement account. Keep it separate from everything else. Don't commingle personal funds in there or other deals or properties you're doing personally. I actually have an article on a guy. Um, it was an Arizona guy, not one of our clients, of course, but he had all these LLCs that he had IRAs on and he was he had LLCs he personally owned and he would just move properties around, doing whatever the heck he wanted. Of course, prohibited transaction um, is alleged by the IRS and he goes to tax court and says, well, like, you know, I tracked it all and everything and I kept it straight, which he actually didn't. But it doesn't matter, okay? Even if you're still tracking it all, don't mix in your personal assets into LLCs that your IRA owns. Keep it totally separate. I like that. And just to add another perspective on this, moving property around multiple LLCs is very common with your regular LLCs that you might own with your spouse, significant other, maybe even business partners, and you've got multiple LLCs and multiple assets you own in equal percentages, you can horse trade all you want. That's right, you track it, you book it, you, there's carryover basis. So it, it, it seems like that would be okay when you get to your IRA LLC, but it's not. The IRS says, hey, if you wanna do an IRA LLC, this checkbook LLC where you can be the manager and you can write the checks, but you don't own the LLC. The IRA owns it. You're just a, almost like a trustee. I, that could be a very loaded term, but you're the guardian, if you will, of this LLC and the IRA. And your job is to protect those assets, treat, do not commingle them and invest them properly. Can't pay for your cell phone. Can't pay for your laptop. This is mm -hmm. not your money. It's your IRAs. So all that horse trading that's normal out there with regular LLCs, you've got to stop that when you right. say IRA LLC. <laughs> well, that, is, that a, is that a Yellowstone reference, horse trading? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could hear Kevin Costner saying that all day long. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I got another question here. You want me to go? I mean, I got I throw one. I play. Can I throw out an easy one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Michael, don't be offended if I say your question's easy. That doesn't mean it's a dumb question or nothing. But it's a good one that a lot of people, when they're getting into this area of self-directing, this is one of their first questions. So Michael says, uh, have 25 rentals and would like to transition into lending. Can we transfer to the IRA, then sell and lend? No. Michael, um, in the IRS thought of that, let me just say. <laughs> I mean, let's, Mike, let's think about this. It'd be a great st strategy, right? Yeah. Sell properties that you've owned for years that have a lot of gain built up in them. 
sell them to your IRA for what you bought them for, then sell them from your IRA for profit of what they're worth today, get all that gain into your IRA, and then go do private money lending and pay no tax on the gain built up, right? Yeah. That'd be freaking awesome, Mike. Yeah. But IRS thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) Michael. Now, um, it's not the problem that you're lending. That's all good. Let's say it this way. Let's say Michael had 25 rentals in his Roth IRA or his 401k, and he wanted to sell them, pay no tax, more than likely, unless there was some debt involved, maybe. But in general, he would sell those rentals with no tax, and then he could start doing lending, hard money lending, long-term first trustees, whatever. That's not a problem because the properties were in the IRA to begin with. But if have properties, Michael, or any of you out there that you own in your individual name, you can't just transfer them to the IRA or give them to the IRA or sell them to the IRA because the IRS knows you're going to screw over the IRS and you're going to find a sweetheart deal for yourself and your IRA. So they said, "Uh uh-uh. But Michael, if you want to start lending inside your IRA, let's find some ways to get money into a 401k or IRA so you can start doing that. But you can't do it with rentals you already own. Yeah. So. Yeah. Keep those separate. Um, all right. Cynthia um, from Facebook asked uh, Florida and lives, lives in Florida and it's on Facebook. Is it, is it too late to do an HSA for 2020? I heard the deadline was December 1st. Mm. All right. Good question. Now there's a couple of dates that are critical to doing a health savings account. We love HSAs. You can self-direct them. Mark's got a lot of stuff on it. I got a lot of stuff on a lot on directedira.com. Mark's HSA owns an LLC that owns a rental, for example. The HSA is cool because you get a tax deduction when you put your money in, right? At any bracket. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're high income, phase out. You don't have to itemize. Above the line, everybody can get it. Now, there is a qualification to qualify for an HSA. You must have a high deductible qualifying plan, health insurance plan. The deadline to have that plan to make a 2020 contribution was December 1st. Now, you don't have to put the money in until April 15th, but the deadline to have the qualifying plan that allows an HSA is December 1st. So some of you might be doing open enrollment right now, for example, and being like, ooh, I'm going to do an HSA qualifying plan this year so I can do an HSA. That's probably going to go into effect Jan 1, meaning you can make a 2021 HSA contribution, but unless the plan was already in place on December 1st, no 2020 HSA contribution. You know, and I want to take a chance, an opportunity to say this to Cynthia and all of you out there. This is going to sound like bad news, but it's really good news. This is not a get rich quick. There's no quick way to build up an HSA or a Roth IRA in general. You could hit a home run with some certain types of investment strategies. But if you're out there looking for this one and done, oh, I can do this with my HSA and yada, yada, you're going to be disappointed. But here's the good news if you look at it with a glass half full. The fact that we're telling you that this is legitimate and in the long run, you can be very, very wealthy, tax-free or tax-deferred, and that these are legitimate strategies that are not get rich quick, that actually should give you some confidence. It should actually make you feel good because whenever you hear a get rich quick scheme, at first you're like, ooh, I love it. And then you start driving home and you go to bed and go, nah, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. 
these strategies that we're trying to talk about here, at the end of the day, you're still going to feel good about it. You may not get rich as fast as you'd hope, but they're not crazy get into schemes. So um, you may not have an HSA for 2020, but you can certainly have one for 2021 or take the steps to get it. And that's okay. Five, 10 years from now, you're going to have a heck of an HSA and you're going to be grateful you did it. So don't be too frustrated. Let's just start now. Just get going. Um, Should I share my Moneyball example I gave on your workshop on Saturday? Oh my gosh, dude. I have been quoting that to everybody. (laughs) I'm serious. To dinner, everybody, you're going to love this. I was at a dinner uh, over the weekend and I I even gave Matt credit. I said, I was doing my my podcast workshop, our thing. And Matt Sorensen gave this awesome quote. And I told everybody at dinner and there was like, that was sweet. So yeah. Matt, tell, tell Cynthia there. I love okay. it. Yeah. I, and I think this is an important part of those who self-direct that really hit for me. So by the way, Mark's workshop, I was on it, you know, for a little part, you get a lot of Mark on there. Um, if you missed it, go to markjpuller.com. There's the recording will be up soon, I believe. Yes, sir. Um, you can buy. So, um, I think a lot of people when they get to their retirement get like, you want to hit a home run, right? You want to be a home run hitter and just be done, score a bunch of runs and be like, I got a big account. Guys, it doesn't work that way. And I love the, the movie Moneyball. Okay. You've got Brad Pitt is the, is the coach, right? And he's, or the GM. Okay. General manager. He's the GM and he's picking the players they're going to get, right? This is the trade. They got all the scouts in the room and he's got his intern, Jonah Hill. And and Jonah Hill is like this stats nerd kid, right? Out of Yale, whatever. So he's like, and and Brad Pitt starts throwing out names of who these players they're going to go after. And all the scouts in the room are like, these guys are duds. We don't want them. You know, they're not they're not draws. They don't hit home runs. And Brad Pitt says, but why are we going to get them? And he points over to Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill says, "Base," because he gets on base. Okay, and then they, and then the, all the scouts are like, "Ugh!" Then he throws out the next name, and all the scouts complain about the next name. And he says, "And why are we going to give him?" And he points at Jonah Hill again. He goes, "Because he gets on base." Okay. And go ahead. Oh, and and the act, the the method of acting of Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt is. I mean, it's, it's Oscar level. It's just great. The way he yeah. snaps his finger and uh, Jonah Hill's like, well, of course they get on base. Like, are you guys? Yeah. And I mean, it's just a really fun show. It's very family friendly. And I, yeah. I think it's, and so Matt, bring it home with the IRA. Yeah. So that's what it's like for your retirement account. And that's sometimes like, you know, don't try to hit home runs. I mean, you, you'll eventually, you can hit home runs every once in a while. But focus on getting on base. Get good investments in the account. Get them on base. The more you do that, the more money you get in, which is kind of like the more attempts up to bat, the more runs you're going to score. But if you're looking to swing the fences, you can strike out. And most of our self-directed clients, they're just doing the same thing over and over again. It is not sexy. They're not the home run hitters. It's boring, but they score a lot of runs. And I think that's what you can focus on when you're self-directing, whether it's real estate or anything else you're doing. I love it. Um, now, folks, again, if you just stumbled onto this podcast and you're a little, your head's swimming and saying, these guys are talking over my head, <laughs> hosts, remember, this is the open forum show where we're going to have difficult, 
medium, and easy questions. Take it for what it's worth. But if you feel like a little discombobulated, please go back. We've tried to create the podcast series for this show, the show, starting out with a lot of the building block topics. And the first 10 shows are a must. And if you can go back and listen to those, when you get to Open Forum, and this is why we waited several months before starting Open Forum, because we want you to be able to go back and get those, those meat and potatoes. Now, these are kind of fun because these are the, this is the buffet line. And you're like, what's this? What's that? You know, and we're, and we're going to throw out different ideas. Okay, now, Matt, we got, let's do one more question, and then we're going to get to the bottom of the hour speed round. Okay. These are questions on Instagram that must be answered in 60 seconds or less. So we're going to come to the speed round here in a moment. All right. Uh, why don't you throw out another general question? Okay, this was from uh, Mike in Michigan. He says, I have a self-directed IRA and a self-directed Roth IRA. I typically buy and flip homes with the LLCs owned by these IRAs. Occasionally, I don't have the funds in one of the LLCs to do a particular deal. Is there a way to invest in a property together? All right. So, um, yes, Mike, it's possible. You could have your uh, IRA LLC that's your traditional IRA and your IRA LLC that's your Roth IRA. So those two separate LLCs could invest into one property, either in a multi new multi-member LLC that owns the property or those two LLCs could buy this new property tenants in common, right on the deed, tenants in common. If the traditional IRA LLC put in 60% of the money and the Roth IRA LLC put in 40% of the money, the deed's gonna be 60% tenant in common interest to the traditional LLC, 40% to the Roth LLC. Tenant in common is basically a way to own title where two different parties can own title of the property based on a percentage basis. And if one party dies, the other doesn't inherit like other title owners, it's just like, you own your separate piece of the interest in the deed. So that's common, doing tenant in common with the LLCs like this. Or again, you could do a multi-member LLC where you pair up the traditional IRA and the Roth IRA LLC into a new multi-member IRA LLC. So um, we did talk about IRA LLCs. I have some videos on the multi-member IRA LLC, actually a new one at directedira.com if you go to the checkbook IRA page there um, on the multi-member IRA LLC. But there's a way. You just got to You got to be careful and making sure you structure it right. Come in together at the same time when you're using those separate LLCs that you have, Mike. Break up the ownership in the deal based on the dollars. And then you got to be careful about properly sharing the expenses between the two and making sure the income is fairly allocated and split up between the two traditional and Roth set of funds. Okay. I like it. Um, all right. We're going to go into the speed round, which can be fun because we can cover more territory in a... a in a short amount of time, obviously. These yeah. are questions came through Instagram. Uh, one, two, three, four, five questions. So Matt. Now, as a lawyer who bills by the hour, speed round is, I mean, that's going to take a change of gears for me. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so now the goal is to answer it as fast as possible? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not those type of lawyers. <laughs> we are not. All right. Uh, in fact, we're so busy, we try to answer them quick so we can. Exactly. Like, Let me help the next person. Um, okay, Matt, I'm going to ask you the question. You got 60 seconds, and I will not amend your question. So you got to get your stopwatch out so you can. Okay. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to actually, let's, let's be real about this. And then, and then I'll ask okay. myself the next question and, and do this. Okay. I'm going to amend it. It's all you. Okay. All right. All right. This is from Andrew Abat. 
Can one own a service business inside a self-directed account and not pay taxes? Go. Um, and not pay taxes. No. You could own a service business in a self-directed account, but you will pay some tax. So when you own a business or have business income in a retirement account, my IRA owns an LLC that's a service business, let's say, and I'm getting income in the service business. When that income flows down to my IRA, because it's business income, I'm going to pay unrelated business income taxes. It's called UBIT. It's entire chapter in my book. Now you could say, Matt, I don't want to pay UBIT. How do I get out of that? UBIT's 37%. It sucks. Put a C-Corp blocker on the LLC, a C-Corp election, have it taxed as a C-Corp, where you'll pay 21%. Better than 37, I'm saving 16%. And then those profits flow down to the IRA, no UBIT tax. But you're going to at least pay 21% on the uh, corporate income tax when you add in the C-Corp blocker. So there's a way to do it. We've had lots of clients own service businesses or sell products in that way. Two, one. That was amazing. You All did. right. I didn't know, did it include the question time or just the answer? Because I'm going to do the answer in 60 seconds, but okay. maybe five seconds for the question. Okay. I will field this one. This is from G with, can I use a self-directed IRA to buy into a company as a partner owning less than 50% if I currently get a 1099 from it? Okay. Now this is a tricky question because Let's say it's John, and he's going to buy into a company that's owned by David. And David owns 50%, and John's going to buy 50% of the company with his IRA. Well, in this example, he even says, I'll do less. I'll buy 40% of the company in my IRA, and David can own the other 60%. But this company is going to hire me and give me a 1099. Let's say it's a construction company, and it's going to hire John who does drywall. Is that allowed? Well, um, the answer is 50 shades of gray. Uh, if your ownership by the IRA in this mutual partnership is less than 50%, technically you could be allowed to do that, John. But the closer you get to 1%, the safer you are. We would prefer clients to own less than 10 to 15, maybe 20% at the most with their IRA, if that company is going to turn around and hire you as a subcontractor, even as an employee. But is it allowed? Yes. Make sure you get a consultation with the tax lawyer knowing this law so that you don't put yourself in harm's way. Um, it's doable, but be careful. All right. All right. You know, I want to comment on that, but I'm not. I'm not. It's not how this works. We're in the speed round. Yes. That was good. I like that answer though. Okay. This is from Pink Peonies 06 for Matt. Uh, I'm going to presume this is a female. Maybe I shouldn't, but we're going to go with Pink Peony says, I was terminated from my job. Excuse me. I was terminated from my job during COVID. Can I roll over my retirement account at this old job to a self-directed account? Heck yes, you can. Okay. Sorry about losing the job during COVID, but um, yes, your old employer plans, 401ks are common, of course, but your old employer plan, when you don't work there, the, you know, the, the, the uh, restrictions are off. You can roll that account over to an IRA. So now typically you have a traditional old employer account. So you roll it to a 
self-directed traditional IRA, which we do at Directed IRA. Just go to directedira.com, pick the traditional IRA app. You can do it, the DocuSign version, and be done with it in five minutes online. Then we request a rollover of the money from where it's at now. Let's say the company you, you worked for used Vanguard or Fidelity. We're going to tell them, hey, um, Pete Peonies <laughs> has an IRA over here. Send the money over here and put it in the IRA. Now, when you do that, it's not taxable. Okay, There's no tax ramifications for moving the money over to an IRA. Now you can self-direct. Now you can go invest in a small business or real estate or a private fund or any of those self-directed assets that are common that clients are doing um, at Directed IRA. Boom, 60 seconds. You're awesome, Matt. Thanks, Pink Peony. All right, this is from G With, uh, a second question. I'll take this one, do my best. You said, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that one. I think Matt will actually do better with that. Okay, um, and I'll explain why in a moment. I'm going to take Daniel uh, Saldi question. He says, I have a traditional and Roth IRAs. Can I combine both into a self-directed IRA? Daniel, the answer is kind of. Um, let me say what you can't do, but what is possible. You can't take a traditional and a Roth and combine them per se. That would not be proper lingo. Um, what you And then invest it that way. It can both be a self-directed account? Absolutely. An IRA could be true. Traditional IRA could be self-directed. A Roth could be uh, self-directed. Option one, to make this happen, would be doing a conversion. You would convert the traditional IRA to a Roth. Now you, they're combined into one account, a Roth account, and that could be self-directed. So you're not combining, the word would be converting. You're converting traditional to Roth. The second option is if you say, well, Mark, I don't want to convert the traditional and pay taxes, you could form an LLC, very common at our office, where you take 50% of this LLC, let's say they have equal dollar amounts, 50% of the LLC could be owned by your traditional IRA, 50% could be owned by your Roth, and now you're doing business together in a self-directed LLC with two accounts, but they're combined at the LLC level, not at the IRA account level. Love it. Yeah, so you can have it your way, you know. Have it your way. That's like right. It. Do a fast food commercial that way. All right. Now, uh, Matt, this is from G With. Now, let me just say the reason why I think Matt is good to answer this is Matt is the CEO of Directed IRA. He sees a lot of deals come across his desk. And G is kind of asking for some examples. So, Matt, he asks, do you have any examples of clients using a self-directed IRA doing raw land investments or farmland that is leased. So maybe run with that yeah. land, farmland, or even leased land. Do you see that in IRAs and maybe some examples? Um, absolutely. So I've worked with a lot of clients that have done um, land that's, let's say, agriculture that is then leased to someone else who farms it. Now, you want to be careful on how you do this. Generally, your IRA is going to own an LLC 100%. The LLC will own the property. And then the LLC is going to lease it to someone else who's going to farm it. Now, you want to get rental income. This goes back to a really key part when you self-direct. You don't want business income. You don't want farming income. You want investment income, which is generally going to be rental income in this context when you're owning real estate. So if your IRA LLC, your retirement account effectively, owns land, it's going to rent it to a farmer or someone else who's going to actually work the land you know, get the crop or whatever it is that you're doing there and then just pay rent back to your 
uh, LLC or your IRA. Now, it could be a fixed rate rent. It could be a rent based on production of crops as well. But we want to keep it to be rental income as investment income. Because if you don't, it could be UBIT. Love it. Um, gosh, I want to add something to that too, but I won't. Okay, that was our Instagram speed round. Folks, if you'd like to uh, submit questions in that format, uh, just search Instagram for Mark J. Kohler and uh, follow me on Instagram and make sure you put directed IRA podcast question and we'll make sure we cover them through the Instagram format. Kind of fun. Okay, Matt, you have some questions there uh, emailed in or from the website. Maybe it'll do something a little meatier. Yeah, I had a question from Ricardo. Um, has an IRA LLC that owns a rental property, is in his mid-70s, wants to pull funds from the LLC effectively now to start living on. Let's get to that. Okay, you can't do that exactly that way. Um, the question is basically, do I need to sell the property? Is there a way I can get a loan but, and still keep the property? So, um, so let's, let me try to explain this here, what Ricardo has. And I'm making some assumptions here. I presume Ricardo has an IRA LLC that owns a property 100% and he bought it with cash. Okay, this property has some rental income. Ricardo's in his mid-70s now. He wants to start taking more money out of this. All right, he wants to start taking distribution, right? This is what you do when you're in your 70s and you got a retirement account. You might start living off the money. Totally fine. Um, now, the first thing is, remember, never take distributions from an LLC. So if you use an IRA LLC, which is common for real estate clients and some of these questions we've been getting, a lot of them had LLCs involved. But if you're taking distributions, remember, don't take it from the LLC. Just send money from the LLC back to your IRA and then take a distribution from your IRA. So Ricardo, if you have the rental income cash flow coming into the LLC, send that cash from the LLC back to your IRA and just take distributions from your IRA, which your IRA custodian, us, if we're your custodian, we'll report it to the IRS at the end of the year. And you know, you'll pay taxes on it. And that's just how it works with distributions from a traditional account. Now let's say you're like, nah, the cash flow is not enough, but I don't want to sell the property, which is I think what the issue Ricardo is facing here. I want to get more money out, but I don't want to sell the property yet. Well, you could get a non-recourse loan, Ricardo. So you could go get a non-recourse loan to basically strip out some equity for the IRA. The bank will put a loan on the property. Basically, you're going to strip out some equity, which will go to the LLC, which you can send back to the IRA, and then you can take a distribution of some of those funds. Now, you have a loan on the property, um, but that may be a way if you're looking to get more distributions out, but you're not yet ready to sell the property to get some of that equity out early on. Okay, I like it. Very Complicated much. topic, but it's possible. You, you got some options still. You don't have to sell. Yep. Excellent uh, coverage of that question, Mr. Sorensen. Um, I want to throw out something a little different right here too, if I may. Um, and I could share, I have three that I'd like to share, but we could do them in a row or take turns. What's amazing, everybody, you may think, that this topic is somewhat finite or compartmentalized. And once you learn it, you're good to go. But I could not, I have been astonished in the last year, frankly, at how much I learned from month to month. I can't say day to day or week to week, but every month I learned something new in the self-directed industry. Uh, that's just, I'm what? You can do that? And I never do it. Uh, and I have to say humbly that I learned a lot of, a lot of those tips 
through my amazing co-host, Matt Sorensen. So I thought I'd like to share just two or three things I've learned in the last year that you would never have seen or recently in any sort of blog or speech of mine. Is that okay, Matt? Can I just mention? Quick? Yeah, I like it. Okay. The first one that's the most recent that blew my mind is in 2021. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to back up. Let's use 2020 numbers. In 2020, if you want to contribute to a 401k, or this would count for a SEP as well, but let's just kind of do 401k world. Many of you that have a solo 401k that are solo entrepreneurs, or you've got a 401k at work and then something on and a little backdoor Roth yourself. In the 401k rule, you were told, and this is what I knew starting the beginning of the year, that you could only put $57,000 into a 401k. Yeah, pretty straightforward. You go Google this. Everybody will say, your maximum contribution is 57000 No, it's not. What's interesting is let's break it down. Really, the first 19500 if you're under age 50, 19500 is your contribution. And then the company contribution is 37500 if you were going to try to get all the way up there. So if you um, have your own solo 401k, if you take the right amount of salary, you could do 19500 plus 37.5 in a match, as it's sometimes called, and get to your 37. But Matt, what I learned recently, as you may not be surprised, you're like, duh, is that if you have a 401k at work and the company matches, let's say $5,000 for you. So you put in five grand and the company matches five. That five grand that the company matched does not go towards the 57. So you could go back to your own side hustle, side gig, have a solo 401k and still put in 37.5 in a company match scenario, if you get the right payroll figure and finish putting in the max of 19.5. So if you put in five grand at work, you can still put in 14.5 in your solo and then get a match of 37.5. And so in that example, you would actually be up to $62,000 in a 401k which I never thought you could do. I thought that 57,000 was this hard ceiling. Matt, is that, I, I learned, am I, did I say that wrong? Is that right? Yeah, I mean, that's essentially how it works is that if you have a day job for a company you don't own, okay? You're just a day job, you know, this is Microsoft, you got the day job and you got your side consulting thing on the side that you have a solo K, it works. Some clients, everybody wants to take this to the next level, okay? Because then the clients say, Matt, why don't I just set up two different companies? I'll do one over here, which I throw 57,000 in, in this S Corp. I'll have my other entity over here, which I'll throw 57,000 into that one. That doesn't work. Okay. The way this rule works is you get a count of 57,000 max per 401k as long as you don't own or control that business. So the day job person who doesn't own that business can do everything they want in that 401k and it's not gonna affect the total of 57 they can throw into their solo. It reduces the employee contribution in the solo. Like Mark said, if you threw in five into the day job, you can't do 19.5 over here as employee, you can do 14.5, but that's fine. You still do all the rest up to 57 in the solo as employer contributions, which in the solo, who cares? You're the employee and the employer, just throw it all in. So that was a cool one. I actually learned that this year. And I'll say, I learned that from a client, okay? <laughs> I learned that from a client who's like, are you sure? And so, and we have lots of lawyers and, and CPAs and financial advisors who are clients of ours that are, and just other investors that are just really smart. So um, 
I like to learn too. And I'm, whenever a client challenges me, I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't want to be right. I just want to get it right. So tell me what you know. And we chased it all down with this client. We're like, dang, that was a great, that's a great tip. So we of course knew we couldn't just stack up 10 solo Ks and get you 570,000 in contributions because um, you maxed out 10. But the day job person that has their own separate solo K, don't worry. You can just still do 57 total regardless of what you're doing in your day job 401k. I love it. That was a good one. I'm going to share uh, those. I got one more, but we'll do it later. Do you have a question, Matt? What do we got from our listeners? All right. Let me go back. Um, oh, I had a, um, I had a question, and we've talked about this recently on um, backdoor Roth IRAs. So um, one hurdle on the backdoor Roth IRA, and this there, there's a whole, Mark and I have done a Main Street Business Podcast episode on this alone. So go to Main Street Business Podcast and, and you can search that, MainStreetBusiness.com for that entire podcast episode. But like I do a backdoor Roth IRA. That's how I can self-direct. I, I have a lot of people over the years come to me and say, Matt, how come these rich people have a Roth IRA, you know? How can Peter Thiel have a Roth IRA? He's a billionaire, okay? I thought you can't have it if you're high income. Mm, no, you can have it. You just have to convert into it, okay? So you can do a Roth conversion and convert into it. And that could be any set of dollars. You got a hundred grand in a traditional IRA. You got a million in a traditional IRA. You can convert the whole dang thing over to Roth. And you know what? The IRS loves it when you do that because you got to pay a ton of tax to do it, okay? They're not going to send you a Christmas card or anything, but they like it. That's why they let you convert into a Roth IRA is because the government gets a ton of revenue. And Matt, if I could just highlight, I think this has to be in the top 10 most misunderstood or yeah. wrong strategies in tax planning in America. I probably hear that statement at least weekly. I want to say daily, but it's weekly where some client comes in and goes, and I say, okay, let's get your Roth going. Well, I make too much money. And they've got a legitimate accounting firm helping them. It is astonishing yeah. to me how many people don't realize that you can build a Roth at any income level. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. And and even if you want to just throw six grand a year in, like like me, I have a bunch of traditional dollars, which I self-direct, but I still, they're in my 401k actually, <laughs> but you can convert, or sorry, you can do a 6,000 a year contribution, 7,000 if you're over 50, that you can then immediately do a backdoor by doing a conversion of, and it's called the backdoor Roth IRA that lets you get six grand in a year. Now, if you have other traditional dollars, like you had a traditional IRA already, you have to automatically convert that first before you do this, which makes sense anyways. Just do that anyways. If you want Roth, get the low hanging fruit, get the traditional dollars you already have converted over to Roth. So, um, but I just want to first let you know, there's a couple ways to get to Roth, the straightforward conversion, the second way is the backdoor Roth IRA, which if you go to directedira.com, we have a backdoor Roth IRA page. It's got some videos of Mark and it's got some diagrams too on the process. And um, and so don't feel left out. Like you can't do the Roth IRA if you're high income. Well, it's funny, Matt, you bring up that question because the second thing I learned, and this is in the last week, <laughs> and some of you are like, man, I don't know if I should trust this caller. But you know what? I'm out there learning. And I think a lot of CPAs, uh, get into ruts and they get good at what they know and they don't go outside that. And I, I'm not saying I'm 
smarter or better than anyone else, but I will say that I try to be constantly learning. So what I learned in the last week, Matt just said, yeah, you could put $7,000 in a backdoor Roth. Do you know you have the potential to do up to $70,500 in a Roth in a year that you could contribute? I never knew that. So let me give the two numbers if I could, Matt. Or under age 50, and you make a million dollars. I do not care. Any income level. You can do a backdoor Roth that Matt just described. Go to our show and listen to that. Read it up in Matt's book. $6,000. Then I can set up a self-directed or a solo 401k in my side hustle side business. If you have that opportunity, I could put 19500 in a Roth 401k at any income level on top of the backdoor Roth. Then the 37500 I talked about, the company match or company contribution, you can convert that to Roth the day after the company makes that contribution. So at the end of the day, that's $63,000 in new Roth contributions in a given year. Then if you're 50 and over, you can do 7000 in the backdoor Roth and you can do a catch up of 6500 in your 401k. So it's not 195. It's 27. So now if you add that up, that's $70,500. So I shared that with a client this week because they go, we want to build up our Roth as fast as we can. I go, how much money you got? (laughs) Seven grand. You you said you want to build up as fast. How much you got? Well, they're like, we'll do whatever you say. 70,000. They're like, no way. You can't put 70,000 in a Roth. Yes, you can. Yep. Love it. Those are new dollars too. So um, yeah. I think, um, you know, Roth accounts are becoming more and more popular. I was looking at our account mix at Directed IRA. Um, we're almost 50% Roth account, which is pretty high. So um, in comparison to the rest of the market, and it's just, we track clients that, you know, like the tax-free for the long haul, want to pay tax on the seed now rather than on the harvest at the end of the day after they've invested and saved and grown that account for years. So, um, well, thanks everybody for all the questions. Did you have a last one there, Mark? Uh, well, I did say okay. a third thing, so I guess I could. Okay. Quick. Um, so I'll just throw this out as a kind of the, uh, the culmination of our show today. Um, probably the biggest thing that I've learned that has impacted me at a personal level as well is the creativity of bundling your different retirement accounts. Uh, as well as doing investments outside of your retirement accounts, finding that balance. That's first and foremost. We don't want you to think we're just 100% 401k IRA guys. We like buying yeah. on our rentals in our own name. We like having our side hustle, side business, main business, building wealth. That all makes sense. But the one that I'm just going to call the trifecta of another sort is using the power of your HSA, your Roth, and your 401k. And bringing that together, if you're married with your significant other or with even your children. I, two years ago, I didn't even harp on this with my clients. Now I go, how many kids you got? We're going to set up that many Roths. Get them going. Get those Roths going right away. And this is nothing new. You're going to hear this from the Dave Ramsey community, that the sooner you start learning those good fundamental habits of saving and building a Roth IRA, you're going to help the country 
so more and more people are not reliant whole solely on social security and you're going to help yourself and your own family and leave a legacy. And so I think this conversation just needs to be talked about more often. And it's probably been the biggest revelation this year for me. <clears throat> Sorry. That's like a public service announcement, isn't it? Jeez. It was like, I feel like the little, little was that NBC or CBS? I know. I was like, the more, you know, and they like to do this little jingle. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks of course for being with us today. And for those that submitted questions, we'll, well, I think once a month at least we'll do this open forum show. So you go to directedira.com slash podcast um, to the podcast page where you can find other shows and you can also submit your questions there. So there's ask a question button, just hit that. You can type them in and we'll come back and grab all those um, for the next upcoming open forum show. And, and people, I'm going to say this, Matt was, is too humble and um, self-conscious to say it himself. People, if you want to, Take advantage of this strategy and get better and better. Get to the sdirahandbook.com site. Let me repeat that, sdirahandbook.com. That's Matt Sorensen's personal page. I love him. I don't make any money off of this. Get to his page and buy the summit. It's a two-day recording that we put together in 2020, all on Zoom. Lots and lots of Q&A. Amazing on the, in the Zoom uh, class with us, get that recording, watch it, and pick up a copy of Matt's newest version of his book. It's got a new cover with a gold seal on it. Get that book. It should be a resource on your desk at all times. And pass that legacy on to your kids. It's Christmas time. Buy everybody a copy of Matt's book. Get them a pass to the summit. Watch it as a family. Um, I really think you have an opportunity to help those around you with this topic. It is literally life-changing. So take the time to do that. Matt's put together an amazing website. And again, that's sdirahandbook.com. So we'll see you next week. We're going to do every, every week. Come join us. Yeah. Thanks everyone. Thanks Mark. Thanks for the uh, props on the book and uh, being my sales guy today. I really appreciate it. You betcha. <laughs> yeah. Your commission is a good, a big thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Live the dream, folks. See you next week.